I want you to imagine, I stole this story from someone, but I want you to imagine that you are on a tropical island. How did you know I was going to say that? That tropical island right there, and you are sitting in the sun, and you are lapping it up. You are loving it. And a lifeguard runs up to you and says, I've got good news. It's okay. I'm here to save you. And you're like, man, are you crazy? I don't need saving. And then he says, well, actually, you do. There's just on the horizon, there's a tidal wave coming. And it's going to wipe out this island. And thank you. And suddenly, that guy and his helicopter look like really, really good news. Okay? I think that's a bit like what our culture is and Christianity. Okay? Because Christianity says there's good news. There's a savior. But our culture, we're just loving the sun, loving the sand. And we don't, we don't see that there's a problem. We don't see that we need saving. And so, guys, I'm really pumped to get into the book of Romans with us uh, this term. I'll tell you why. Because it's a book that shows us why we need saving. It's a book that tells us what saves us, what that message is. And it's books that tells us kind of what it means to be saved and all the good things that come from that. I'm pumped to get into it. There's an old dead guy coming up on the screen. His name's Martin Luther. He changed the world. That is Martin. You're thinking Martin Luther King. Different Martin Luther. This guy changed the world and he called Romans purest gospel. The word gospel means good news. And what he's saying is Romans is a book that explains the good news most clearly in the whole Bible because it really goes from start to finish. It goes, here's a problem. Here's what God's done about it. And here's what it means. It's really good. I'm pumped to get into it. He said, there's a quote up there. You can read it. He said, Romans is worthy not only that every Christian should know it word for word by heart. We should memorize. That's how good it is. But also we should occupy ourselves with it every day as the daily bread of the soul. Man, I'm pumped to get into Romans because it's all about God. It's all about the gospel, the good news. But there's one other thing that it's really good about. It's good at showing how good God's love is. And it's a big love. In fact, some of Romans is so big, you can't even get your head around it. You'll find it really hard to understand some parts of it. And when I find that, I do. I'm like, sweet. That reminds me that God is um, a lot bigger than I can get my my head around. And so I'm like, sweet, that's good. And so, guys... um, it's a deep book, and so I'm excited, but we're going to need to work at it together, okay? Um, but it's going to be worth it, and don't let the bigness of it scare you because like, there's still like, really amazing things in it that you can just see. And so get daily notes, work at it. If you don't understand it, ask your G-team leader. But man, I'm pumped to get into Romans. Let's pray, and then let's get into it, okay? Father God, thank you for your word to us. God, we love your word. Um, we thank, we're, we're so thankful that you've spoken to us in it. God, give us a love for your word too. Help us to listen to it right now. Um, Help us to understand it. Help me to speak it truthfully and help everyone here to listen to it and to understand it. And God, I pray most of all that you would change us through it and that that would mean that your name gets glory, that you get the fame that you deserve. Amen. All right. Well, let me ask you a question. What defines you? Do you understand the question? I'll give you some examples. When I was in year seven, um, I'll tell you what defined me. I can distinctly remember sitting up the back in year seven and one of my mates saying to me, moly, 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 because I've got a mole on my face. Um, and he thought this was brilliant because um, there's a movie out at the moment called Austin Powers, which you haven't seen, don't waste your time. But he had, I hadn't. It was a bad time for that movie to come out because I'm in year seven and he's, he starts making fun of my mole because it's a scene out of the movie. 
Um, and he's like, moly, moly, moly. And I was this funny-looking year seven kid with a mole on my face. And, um, and so that made me kind of like uncertain in life. Like, am I really like, I don't know, I wasn't heaps confident because I was this funny-looking kid with a mole on my face. And so that's what defined me in year seven. Year 10, all right? When I was later in high school, I was a nerd. I was in the chess club. I was in the debating club. And man, um, power to the nerds. I want to warn you guys, the nerds win, okay? Because what happens is they leave school, they go to uni, they get a really good job, then they get a really good like girlfriend or boyfriend, and man, they take over the world. So, so if you're a nerd, power to the nerds. If, <laughs> if you're not a nerd, be nice to the nerds because... They take over the world. No, that's all a lie. Don't listen to that. But I'll tell you, right? So that's what defined me in year 10. Shh. That's what defined me in year 10. I was a nerd. I'll tell you what defines me now, I reckon, or what I'm tempted to let define me. I'm a person who I like to be liked. And so I'm defined by what everyone else thinks about me. You know, when people like me, I'm a good person when people don't like me i'm not like worth anything and so my definition of who i am is just totally dependent on what everyone else thinks about me sometimes and so that's what defines me so let me ask you this all right what defines you are you the cool kid are you the rebel kid that's not something you want to be um are you the um are you the music loving kid are you the sporty kid are you the surfy kid? Are you the kid defined by that stupid band who will not be named? <laughs> Are you the surfy kid? Are you the lonely kid? Are you the Are you the kid with all the friends? Are you the kid with not many friends? I want you just to stop talking for a sec and just to think and think of what words you would use to describe yourself. Not good enough. Would that be one of them? Or messed up or, um, or good at stuff. Popular, um, nerdy, party, music. What words would you use to describe yourself? And I'll tell you why it matters. It matters because who we see ourselves as affects how we feel. It affects how we act because you act like the person you think you are. The kid that gets labeled the rebellious kid at school then starts to do rebellious things because they're the rebellious kid. So that the label that was given to them starts to shape how they act. And so, guys, it matters how we see ourselves. It affects how we act. It affects how, how we feel. And so, guys, tonight we're going to ask, how should we define ourselves? And the reason being, because it's, it's the start of a letter, right? And Paul, the writer of the letter, is introducing himself. I don't know if you guys get letters, but when I get a letter, I'm pumped to get the letter because I don't get many, okay? Maybe like once every couple of weeks or maybe once every week, I guess I get a letter. And So when I get it, I'm like, I actually check the mailbox every day <laughs> just hoping to get a letter. <laughs> and every now and then I do get one. And so when I get it, I look at it and I... I open up, actually before I open it, I'm always trying to work out who's it from, who's it from before I can open it, and then I can't work it out, so I open it up, and there it is, and I'm working out, as I'm reading it, who's writing me a letter, what do they want from me, is it a scam, do they want my money, you know, um, Romans 
okay, is a letter. And so um, Paul starts it. He's never been to the, the, the church in Rome. So he starts his letter um, by kind of telling them who he is so that they'll know, like, that they can trust him. In other words, what Paul's about to do is he's about to define himself, okay? And so we're going to see how Paul defines himself. Then we're going to see how Paul defines the Romans. And then when we look at those, we're going to work out how should we define ourselves, okay? So that's where we're going. So have a look at verse 1. And here's what we're going to see. Paul defines himself as a servant of Christ on a mission with a message. So verse 1 says this, Paul, that's me, I'm not me, the person writing the letter, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. So the first thing he says about himself, the first thing he wants them to know, I am a servant of Jesus. In other words, Jesus is the master, he's in charge, he calls the shots, he says what to do, and I'm a servant. I do what he says. I exist for him. My life isn't about me. It's about Jesus. Paul says, I'm a servant. Now let me ask you this. Is that how you would de- describe your relationship with Jesus? Because I reckon lots of time we're very prepared to say, um, I'm saved by Jesus. Or um, I'm a friend of Jesus. Or I'm a follower of Jesus. Or I'm loved by Jesus. We want to use all those words. But would you say... I'm a servant of of Christ Jesus. That would have been totally crazy in their culture for them to hear someone say that because in their culture, everyone was competing to see who could be the highest, who could be the best, who could be the most honorable person, kind of like our culture, actually, if you think about it. And Paul says, no, I'm a servant. I'm a servant of Christ Jesus. He goes on to say a bit more about who he is. Look at verse 1. He says he's on a mission. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle. Now, an apostle, that word, means someone who's sent. Three things in an apostle. There's the person sending, that's Jesus. Then there's the person who's being sent, that's Paul. And then there's a purpose, a reason, a mission. Okay, so Paul is a man on a mission. Now, you see what his mission is in verse 5. Have a look at verse 5. It says this, through him, that's Jesus, and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship. What? To call people from among the nations, or the, that's the word Gentiles there means nations, to the obedience that comes from faith. Here's his mission, okay? It's given to him through Jesus, and it's for Jesus' name's sake. That's the goal. It's so that Jesus would be lifted up, that people would see how amazing Jesus is, that they would worship Jesus honor Jesus, give him glory. It's for the fame of Jesus' name. That's the goal. But what's the mission? To go to all the Gentiles, all the nations, all the different peoples on earth with a message and to call them to faith in Jesus, to say, come on, believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, you'll get eternal life. That's Paul. That would have been one of the things Paul would have said. But not just to call them to believe in Jesus, to call them to the obedience that comes from faith. So in Paul's mind, obedience and faith are really well connected, okay? And I'll tell you why that is. It's because of who Jesus is. See, the Bible says Jesus is the Savior and the King, okay? The Savior and the King. 
Now imagine Jesus rocks up at your door and he's like, hey, the Savior King's here. You're like, hmm, cool. I want the Savior bit, but you can keep the King bit. Like that's not going to work, is it? If someone, if you, if you accept someone for who they are, you accept them for everything they've got. So you, if you want to make Jesus your Savior, you can't make him your, your Savior without making him your King as well. He's Savior and King or he's neither. So what that means is if you put your trust in Jesus as your Savior, fantastic, you have eternal life. That means he's also now your king if you've, done it, if you've really put your trust in Jesus. And so that will lead to obedience. So you see why for Paul, it's the obedience that comes from faith. Does that make sense? So here's a question for you. You say you're a Christian. Do you have faith in Jesus? That's the first thing that every Christian has. They're not trusting themselves. I'm not saying I'm good enough for God. I'm just trusting Jesus you're my savior. Is that how you would describe yourself? That's like. But the second question is, are you obeying Jesus? Is your life changing as you change how you live to follow Jesus, to be his servant? That's what it means to be a Christian. And so Paul's going around, there's his mission, to go to all the nations and say, come on, believe in Jesus, get eternal life, and now start to live for him the obedience that comes from that faith. That's his mission. And then he says, uh, then it says at the end of verse 1, he's Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. So Paul is a servant on a mission with a message because the word gospel means good news. It's a great announcement. It's a message. I'll tell you what gospel is. Gospel is... It's a boy, which is good news for some people, not so good for other people, but generally good news. Um, you also got gospel is hearing, you passed your test. That's gospel. Gospel is, the surgery went well. He's going to live. Gospel is, um, I found $50. Or gospel is, I got a job. Or I won the lottery. Or here's another one. Gospel is... Um, there's a world tour coming to the Central Coast. It's Avicii, Usher, Pink, Rihanna, and One Direction. <laughs> Which I was hoping that like at least one of those bands or people you would know and like. And so, good news. Avicii's coming to the Central Coast or Skrillex or whoever you like. You get the point? Gospel is good news. It's a great announcement. And so Paul's saying, I'm set apart to share this gospel. Now you learn a few things in these verses. Um, it's the gospel of God. So it's God's gospel. Verse uh, 2, it's the gospel that God promised beforehand. Verse 3, it's the gospel It's about Jesus. Um, verse 4, Jesus is the son of God. And verse, uh, verse 4 at the end there, Jesus is the Messiah and the Lord. So you learn that this is God's message that he's been promising for a long time. It's all about Jesus. It's all about how Jesus is the king. It's all about how Jesus is um, the one they've been waiting for, the Messiah. That's the gospel. Well, that's part of it. Paul's actually going to spend the next couple of chapters um, explaining it. But that's who Paul is. That's how he defines himself. Okay? A servant of Christ Jesus on a mission with a message. And so here's what I want to ask you, right? Is that how you define yourself? Now, do you see... Um, can we go next slide? 
Um, do you see how Paul defines himself by the gospel? Okay, So the gospel is about a king. So Paul says, I'm a servant. The gospel is a message that people need to hear to be saved. So Paul defines himself as, I'm on a mission to share this. So Paul, like the shape of Paul's life is given him by the gospel. So here's the question, are you defined by the gospel? Now, we, um, we're not Paul. We have to be really careful when we read the Bible, not to just think where every single person we see and like, think all the stuff it says about that person applies to us. Because we're not apostles. That's something that's true about Paul, but it's not true about me. It's not true about you. We're not apostles. But if you were to look through the rest of the New Testament, you'd find that the New Testament does say we're called to be servants. And it does say that we're actually supposed to take this message out and tell people about it. And so, um, so there's the question. It does, it, it's, we're not apostles, but it does kind of match up with what the rest of the New Testament says we're supposed to be. So here's the question. Is that how you define yourself? Let me just ask you actually um, one particular question. Are you a servant of Christ Jesus? Are you a servant? Because I think a lot of the time we play a game with ourselves. We say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a servant of Jesus. But here's a question. Do you listen to him? It'd be a funny kind of servant if like the master says, do this, and the servant was like, yeah, if I feel like it, when I feel like it, maybe. No, a servant, a good servant, does what the master says when the master wants it because that's what a servant is. So here's the question. Are you listening to Jesus? Are you a servant of Jesus? Where in your life do you need to start listening to Jesus? Are there areas where you know you're doing the wrong thing? Man, I'm disobeying my parents. I'm stealing. I'm lying. I'm Start listening to Jesus if you're a servant. But maybe it's possible you're not even a servant at all and you need to actually hand over your life to Jesus. Say, Jesus, yep, I'm yours. You be my master. I'll be yours. Um, that's how Paul defined himself. Um, and I reckon there's one other thing. Are you on that mission? See, when I was little, I always wanted to be a spy. Who's ever wanted to be a spy? Yeah, yeah. I used to read these books called Hardy Boys. Um, I don't know if anyone's heard of them. They're really old, like 50 years old. But they were all about spies. And they would go in their mission and they would, um, they would, someone would come to them, you need to solve this case for me. And they would like drive around their car and get kidnapped and get shot at. And they would work out who did the crime. And then at the end of it, everyone lived happily ever after. It was great. And I was like, that's what I want to be when I grow up, a spy. Because spies have a mission. I think we all want, we all want to be on a mission. We're all jealous of people who know, yep, that's what I'm on about in life. Well, Paul had a mission to share this message. Are you on that mission? Are you trying to take this message to people? That's Paul. Now we're going to look at the Romans very quickly because there are two things that we see about the people in Rome. Uh, the people in Rome. So have a look at verse 7. And what we're going to see is that the, the Romans... They're defined as people who are loved by God and called to be saints. Loved by God and called to be saints. Um, Have a look at verse 7. To all in Rome 
who are loved by God and called to be saints. It's right there. Now, he's writing to a whole city, to everyone in Rome. And the first thing he says is, oh, to, to all the Christians who are in Rome, rather. And he says, first of all, you're loved by God. Now, I want you just to stop and think about that because I think that's something we hear a lot. Yeah, God loves you, God loves you. Stop. The God who made the universe, who made every single atom in the universe, who holds the galaxies together, who invented the color blue, that God, okay, God of the universe, loves you, if you're a Christian, with a crazy, unstoppable, um, overwhelming, 100%, warts and all, I know what you like, but I still love you anyway, kind of love. That's God. And he loves you. Number two, they're called to be saints. Now, what do you think of when you hear the word saint? Do you think of like some person way back in the past, like really, I don't know, they're, they're, they're really, really super duper good, they're old and now they're dead, like that's kind of what a saint is, and there's a few of them? Have a look at this crazy thing that Paul does in verse 7. Look at who he says are the saints. Who's a saint? Look at verse 7. Is it just a few people or is it a lot of people? Let me read it to you. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. To all called to be saints. Here's Here's the truth of the Bible. Every Christian is a saint, which means you can turn to the person next to you. I want you to do this right now and say, Hey, Saint Jono. Hey, Saint Zach. So turn to the person next to you and say, Hey, Saint, what's your face? All right, that's enough saying hey to each other, Saints. But here's the thing, right? Listen to me. You can go to lots of different books of the Bible the start of lots of the, the letters. Shh. You can go to lots of, thank you for saying hey to me, but not right now. You can go to lots of different parts, start of lots of different letters, and you'll see the same thing. They call all Christians saints. If you're a Christian, you're a saint. So I could just stop here and say, hey, saints, and, and that's true. Now, why? It's because what the word saint means. The word saint means holy. Same word, or another way to say it maybe is pure. And here's what happens when someone becomes a Christian. Jesus washes them clean. They become holy. Jesus' blood washes away all their sin, and they become pure again. So if you're a Christian, you've been made holy. But secondly, God loves you too much just to leave you in the way that you were living away from Him. He calls you now to stop living the way you were living and now to live pure lives. Don't do evil anymore. Do good. Live holy lives. And so every Christian is a saint. So this is how every Christian should define themselves. Loved by God and called to be saints. And so I wonder, is that how you see yourself? As someone who God loves and who's called now to be a holy person. Now, I reckon there's kind of two types of people here, okay? There's people who, yeah, you are a Christian. And so what you need to do with this is hear it and believe it. You need to go, wow, that's what I am. That's, uh, that's what I am. 
And now I'm going to start to live like that's true. That's one group of people. And there's another group of people who are like, man, I'm not a Christian and I want to become one. Maybe I need to talk to a leader about how to become one because this is what the Bible is offering me as a way to define myself. Because here's the thing. The way we define ourselves, man, it, it affects how we act. It affects how we feel about ourselves. It affects our happiness. So it matters how we define ourselves. And here's the thing, right? All day, every day, people are telling you what to think about yourself. Your friends at school say, this is what you're like, and they're telling you stuff about yourself all day. Your parents are telling you stuff about you. Your, the movies you watch, the culture you live in is telling you stuff about yourself. And then even you are telling yourself stuff about yourself. And lots of the stuff's not true, and lots of the stuff hurts us and leads us to make bad decisions and to feel bad and to... To waste our lives. So, guys, here's what we got to do, okay? And I want us to all learn this lesson right now. We need to learn to not listen to what other people say about who I am so much and listen more to what God says about who I am. And it's called the gospel. It's the good news that, yes, you're a sinner. It's okay to admit you're not perfect. You are. But more importantly than that, God has decided to save you. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He's washed you clean. And now he's got, a, now he's got something he wants you to do with your life. The gospel shapes our life. And we need to learn to believe it rather than what other people say about us so much. Sometimes people have good stuff to say about stuff that we need to listen to as well. But, guys... Get your Bibles out um, every day, read it, learn what God is saying about who you are and start to believe it and to see yourself that way and define yourself as God defines you. And so let's see this full picture, okay? It's up on the screen. If you're a Christian, here's what you are. Here's your definition. You're a servant of Christ because the gospel is about a king, so you're a servant. Defined by the gospel, which means that your decisions are, what would Jesus want me to do? Because I'm a servant. And I'm a servant on a mission with a message. So I've got purpose. This is why you get out of bed in the morning. This is why you, this is your ambition for your life. It's to take this message and, and help people to see who Jesus is and to come to the obedience that comes from faith for God's glory. Your identity is you are loved by God. Which means, who cares what anyone else thinks about me? Who cares what my friends think about me? I'm loved by God. Who cares what my parents think about me? I'm loved by God. I mean, it does actually matter what these people think about you. But most important, more than all of that, it's what does God think about you? He loves you. Which means, gee, it doesn't matter so much what everyone else thinks about me. That's what sets, that's what's setting me free at the moment from that thing I was saying was defining me before. Because I'm loved by God. And lastly, you are called to be holy. Jesus has made you holy if you're a Christian, and now he's calling you to be holy. So when you make a decision, act out who you are, okay? Let's be defined by the gospel. That's the main point of today. Let's be defined by the gospel. We're a servant on a mission, loved and called to be holy. That's a better identity than anything else you'll ever find anywhere. Because it doesn't change based on what everyone else is doing. It's just 
That's who I am. That's a good thing. And I'm, I'm stoked. I want to get on with that. And, and let's be that, guys. Let's do that. So I'm going to pray that we'll do that. And then we'll, we'll have discussion groups. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you that you, um, you invite us to be your children, to be uh, in a relationship with you. Thank you that you love us so much that you sent Jesus to die for us. Um, so now we're loved by you. God, I pray that we would start to shape our identity and define ourselves by what the Bible says about us. God, let us read it and believe it. And God, please help us now to live as what we are. Help us to live as your servants. Help us to live on your mission with your message. Help us to live knowing that we're loved by you so it doesn't matter so much what everyone else thinks. And God, please um, help us to live holy lives because that's what you've called us to because we are holy in Jesus. And we just praise you for this amazing truth. We praise you for... uh, for Jesus who makes it all possible. We praise you for the eternal life we have to look forward to. God, please, through these guys and through EVU, please save more people. Help them to see how amazing Jesus is. And God, uh, bring lots of glory and honor to your name. Amen.